Thanks, Maddie. Uh, that's a grains wrap. Uh, we might go to you now if we can, please, Michael, to consider the beef story. Um, looking a bit repetitive um, as well here, I would suggest, but in a really good way. It's an interesting one, Mark. Absolutely right. It is repetitive and perhaps has been for at least the last 18 months, maybe two years, when we talk about prices going to a new level and wondering how long they can stay there. And then two months later, we say the same thing again. And this month, uh, things aren't any different. We see the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator, the industry benchmark number, once again breaking north through that 1,000-point mark. It's wavered around it, uh, but it's now been there for at least a month or so. It is interesting with the beef market and the cattle market that it continues to stay strong to look at why and then look at what could happen as a result. Why is it doing this? No great surprise to anyone in the industry. The fact that the rain continues to be good in most cattle producing parts of Australia, so the grass is terrific, people are continuing to rebuild their herds after the drought. Good grass means that your feed input costs are way down, and that continues to push the restocker activity. At the other end of that is that great fundamental that drives everything in agriculture, and it is demand, demand, demand. There is confidence that the demand for red meat, domestically but particularly offshore, will stay strong. So it's that optimism by so many restockers that's continuing to drive that as well. It is interesting to look at the fact that the the input uh, in terms of who's driving it, whether restockers, feedlotters or processors changes it, um, but it does largely continue to be those restockers. It's also good to take one step back and to think that while this is very good news for people who are selling cattle and getting those high prices, what does this actually mean? The fact that prices have effectively doubled in the last 18 months. And if you run any kind of business where your main input doubles in price in 18 months, then that can't not have an impact on a whole lot of businesses and the industry as a whole. This effectively means that if the price of cattle has doubled in 18 months, then at some point that has got to flow through in some way to the end point. Now, the price of red meat on shelves hasn't doubled in 18 months. So this is being borne by a few parts of the industry. This is undeniably making it harder for your smaller restockers. And what will be the impact of this going forward? Will this speed up consolidation or will this mean that some smaller cattle operators say that perhaps they're going to turn to more cropping or to more sheep if it gets too tough? For processors as well, and particularly for some of the smaller processors whose pockets aren't that deep, will they be able to maintain buying at this high price when they can't pass on all those costs, particularly to supermarkets, to butchers and to exporters as well? So this will play out, particularly if the high prices continue. Just on the, the last point is obviously to look at that biggest market for Australian beef, and that's the export side. Now, there is bad news on this, which is actually good news. The bad news is that exports are down on what they have been in the past. The good news is that even if Australia, this is driven by tight supply. If we had twice as much beef available on the market at the moment, Australia could sell that beef. Japan's gone back to being the biggest market, South Korea's 
second and the US and China as the traditional other two that make up the top four continue to have strong demand for Australian beef. And in terms of Argentina and the impact of the Argentine restrictions on beef exports, and then even with them picking up their beef exports again, meaning less of a supply and a less reliable supply to major markets, particularly China, this has benefited Australia because Australia continues to be the most reliable big producer and big exporter of beef in the world. And all things being equal, if we are, uh, let's call it three years from being back towards 30 million head of cattle with a whole range of things having to hold true for that. Um, we're feeling confident, are we, that that um, import demand will be strong enough uh, to keep paying the price as our numbers rebuild? That's probably changed after what happened with Argentina. So absolutely, the demand that was coming, particularly from China, had seen Australia losing market share and losing market share to the big South American players, Argentina, Brazil, to a degree, Uruguay and even Paraguay as well. But if there is going to be resurgent consumer demand in a lot of markets uh, as they adjust to COVID, don't want to say post-COVID, but uh, adjust to that reality, and if there is uncertainty that uh, the meat supply will always be available from South America, then yes, despite the high prices, it's likely that export demand will stay there for a while. The other side to it is the recent weakening in the Australian dollar from what it was forecast to be hasn't hurt exports at all either. No, and we need rain, don't we? I mean, I guess um, the one thing that would get in the way of the rebuild, of course, would be failed season and, and cattle needing to be uh, quit. And um, I guess this is on the minds of um, of the restockers and rebuilders at the minute, um, needing to buy in at this price through a, through a bit of a cycle. Um, you know, whether holding on will be their ability to, to hold and grow weights and, and sell back into a good market again. Absolutely. And as, as we've seen, the Australian good weather to drought cycle moves far more quickly than the big beef competitors, than the Brazilians or the North Americans as well. So just as we talked about with the grain side of things, need to keep an eye on when the weather will change again and how to prepare for that.